0: Blog Talk Radio You're listening to The Keys 107 on Blog Talk Radio I'm your host tonight. Sit back and get ready. We got a hot show for you. The Healthy Tip of the Day is up next.
1: The Keys 107 Network presents the Healthy Tip
2: of the Day.
0: Today's Healthy Tip of the Day is to plan your meals ahead of time. Planning your meals ahead of time makes cooking a much more simple, quick, and easy process. Designate one day out of the week to plan out what you will eat for the next seven days for breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, and even what beverages you will drink. Having your meals planned out ahead of time will reduce the frustration and stress that can result when you're tired and hungry after work and have no clue
3: what you will eat.
0: Today's healthy tip of the day has been brought to you by the Organic Soul Chef, Medea Allen. And you can visit me online for more healthy tips of the day at OrganicSoulChef.com. Well, thank you, Medea Allen, the Organic Soul Chef, for giving us that healthy tip of the day. It's always on time and always to the And we'd like to take a moment to thank Gramps Morgan for that beautiful song, Dream, that we open every segment with. That is our theme song because it reflects what we do. We don't want you to ever lose sight of your dreams. They can come true, and they will come true. Well, today, we continue our Get Your Life Together series with a discussion on meditation. Meditation comes in many forms, and there are many styles and many methods, but how do you get to the point where you can meditate, where you can free your mind and allow it to be clear, so that when you pray, your mind is clear and you're focused, so when you sit and you meditate, you have a clear mind. I think that's the hardest thing for most of us to do when we begin to pray, get to meditate, some of us go to prayer, we have so much on our mind that we're not even focused on what we're praying about, Um, even though we're mouthing the words, these thoughts are just running through our mind and we can't seem to turn it down in order to get that prayer out, so we're going to meet with Reiki Master Michael Flory, and yes, that name sounds familiar because he is my brother, and I am very proud to have him here. On The Keys 107 To talk to you and share the wisdom That he's given me over the years About meditation And we're going to talk about his journey Which I'm sure you'll find to be very interesting Um, We also Want to Express our Heartfelt birthday wishes To one of the greatest men In the history of time Nelson Mandela He is 95 years old today He is sitting in the hospital. Reports are that he is doing well, and we're grateful to hear that. So Nelson Mandela, as South Africa stands in unity and wishing you a happy birthday today, know that the Key 107 has you on our hearts and our minds. And also, speaking of South Africa, I would be remiss not to even let you know that there is an amazing from South Africa debuting in Atlanta this weekend. As a matter of fact, they're debuting today at the Atlantic Civic Center. It's called Africa Emoja. We're going to give you some information about Africa Emoja as time goes on and maybe even bring some of those cast members here to talk to us tell us about coming to um, America <laughs> to perform. Um, some of them for the first time being in the United States. And it's interesting to note that the cast is between the ages of 19 years old and 30 years old. They have a beautiful tribute song called Long Road to Freedom, where they, um, they dance um, traditional South African steps, and they also um, sing about Mandela's life, and it's performed to a video montage that reflects Nelson Mandela's journey from being arrested, life in prison, and until he was released. And as you all know, that Nelson Mandela is the first Democratic president of South Africa, I would spend all of day, all of this show and all of the day talking about Nelson Mandela because he is one of the men that I truly, honestly admire. Um, I get so emotional when I think about him, his being and what he stood for because he didn't pet no powder nor did he bow down. Nelson Mandela is the epitome of strength. So happy birthday, Madiba. Okay, so the Keys 107 Network has got a hot show for you. I am your host, Rafika, your co-host, my my co-host, well he's your co-host too, my co-host brother James is in the house, he's on the board and he may come in today and share some of his wisdom about meditation and as I always say, when James is in the house, expect something wonderful to happen. Yesterday was Sadat, my son's birthday, happy birthday Sadat, mommy loves you so very much and I'm so very proud of you. Last week he gave us the healthy tips of the day Okay, so you might think I'm rambling and maybe I am We're going to go to a quick commercial break And when we come back We're going to listen to one of the songs From the Africa Omoja soundtrack And then we're going to jump right into our conversation About meditation How to do it your way The Keys that Network Yes, yes, you can call in. Call us at 213-943-3618, 213-943-3618. Call in. Jump on our chat room. You can hit us up on Twitter at the Keys107. Jump on Facebook. We got a Facebook group going on, the Keys107 slash group. Weigh in, give us your thoughts, give us your comments. You can inbox me directly from there. I will get back to you, I promise. Or you could email me at suggestions at the Keys107 Network.com. I am Rafika. I'm here for you. I'm going to help you. You're going to help me. Michael, the Reiki Mass, is going to help us get our life together. Before we go any further, I just want to take a moment and say thank you to Ernie J. Smith, South African jazz musician and singer, whose music we're listening to right now. The name of this song is Odette's. And it's from the Lovely Things album. You can contact Ernie J. Smith via Twitter at Ernie Smith Z N or you can join his Facebook group, Ernie J. Smith. J is the jazz. Keep in touch. Okay, now we're gonna bring on Michael the Reiki Master and continue part two of our series, Get Your Life Together.
1: Don't have the keys on your blog talk radio, then your blog talk radio isn't really on.
0: Well. Welcome to the Keys 107, it's very hot, we are experiencing this heat wave and I just had to comment on that. We're going to hold off on our commercials for a little while because I don't want to have another second go by without opening this conversation about meditation and what it can do for you. So Reiki Master Michael, welcome to the Keys 107 and we want to thank you for taking a moment out of your day to talk to us and help us get our lives together. Hey Rebecca.
3: <laughs> Thanks for having me.
0: Yes, like Reiki mess I I had a um interruption here from my um my budding engineer here, Sadat. He has let me know that he's not gonna be in the studio with us for the whole show. And I am okay with that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I tell him I said happy birthday too. Oh yes. I will make sure I tell him that. Well it's it's gonna be archived forever now. <laughs> <laughs> and just to let everybody know that our our uh, sessions on Blog Talk Radio are archived, so that you can tune in and listen, and take us with you anywhere, and and listen to us anytime. So, Michael, I you know this is part two of our series, and um, me and uh, Brother James, who is the producers of this um, this show, the Keys One Hundred Seven, had this um, really ins- we had an inspiration that during the summer is a good time to look at your life. And to think about how to get it together. And for many of the Muslims in the world today, in the world who are praying, are fasting now for the month of Ramadan. This is a month of reflection. And oftentimes, when 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 the Muslims say, you know, I make make uh, resolutions and look at goal setting, and Ramadan is a good time for that. So, let's look at meditation. And before we go into the um, tips. I'd like for you to share with our listening audience your journey on how you got involved with meditating and the different paths that it's taken for you.
3: Well, um, yeah. Uh, So do you say happy Ramadan, or is there some kind of a greeting you give for Ramadan for those who celebrate that? Um, Well,
0: we we say uh, Ramadan Mubarak, and the person that you're saying to responds Ramadan Kareem. Ah, okay. Ramadan, what? Mubarak. Mubarak. yes.
3: Robotic, okay. So, um, so, anyway, I send you those readings. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, I was um, I was writing out about meditation the other night, and, um, you know, and it occurred to me that I've been meditating for over 20 years. But today, when I was thinking about this show, I was thinking back to when I was about 15 years old, 14 to 15 and I got a hold of uh, some books by Carlos Castaneda, and he wrote books about um, the, uh, I think, the experience of this guy with this Yaqui Indian, and it was very powerful. A lot of magical stuff in it, and there was these exercises of staring at a candle in order to learn how to focus. And so I remember sitting and lighting a candle and just trying to make my mind focus. Right, And I think that was sort of early my early ventures into the practice of meditation. And then the reason I was doing that was whatever I was experiencing as a kid, powerlessness, helplessness, you know, pimples, which I never had pimples, but, you know, the things kids go through. And I wanted some kind of relief. And, and those books gave me this, this sense that magic could relieve me of what was going on. But nothing happened, right? Um, nothing changed. So I got very disillusioned and found other solutions to what my problem was or what I thought my problem was. So fast forward um, years later, I was living in Hawaii, and um, I was married at the time, and my wife had me. We going through some problems, and and I called mom, uh, who was back in New York, And, you know, usually in crisis, you know, you call mom and mom says, oh, don't worry, I'll send you a couple of dollars. I was expecting that she was going to just do the usual, send me a couple of dollars. After pouring my heart out about what was going on in my life, there was this moment of silence. And she said, well, Michael, have you tried prayer? And, you know, at that moment, that is not what I wanted to hear. You know, like if you're hungry, you want a, you want a burger. You don't want someone to tell you, um, "Well, let's pray, brother." <laughs> so, but it was such a shocking kind of. It was such a shocking moment that it, when I hung up the phone, it stayed with me. And so, that began my my spiritual journey. I started to to try to pray, and from there, I started to learn about meditation, and I started to understand that what I had suffered from, if you can call it suffering, what at the root of it was a spiritual disease, and in order to arrest that, meditation and prayer were important. So, I started this practice, and I, um, I, I was, I, I, um, let's see, how do I say it? I, I pra- I've uh, meditated with Hare Krishnas, I've uh, Sufi dance, I have been with. Uh, three gurus, and the devotees of another. I, um, I've i breathed meditation. I've uh, m- moved meditation, I'm sitting in the dark, sitting on the beach, uh, going into the forest, uh, going up a mountain. I've been on a vision quest where I sat on a mountain for four days and four nights with no food and water. Uh, I've fasted and asked for my, my vision for my life. I've been to what's called Vipassana meditation, which is you know, anytime you want to interrupt me, go ahead, because otherwise I'll just go on and on. Um, so I've been through Vipassana meditation, which is uh, it's, it's kind of called mindful meditation. You have to do a 10-day, um, no talking. All you do all day is practice, practice, practice. Um, I've done all different types of meditation. and um, And, you know, and years later, I can't go very long without meditating. Even if I stop and take five minutes somewhere, and just breathe and get myself recentered. I don't know if that um, answers the question of how I started this
0: journey. Yes, I think it certainly does. It, you know, what I what I gathered. Um, And I guess what I honed in on is when you said that when you were a teenager, you you looked at the candle and you tried to focus yourself to sort of help you get through whatever you were getting through at at that moment. So that whole point of of focus is the point of meditation. Is that correct?
3: Yeah. It's two parts, right? Because when you go to research meditation, you're going to see to learn how to focus the mind and also to, um, get quiet, to get reflective, right? To get silent. So, um, so like I have a mantra. And so some meditations are you sit and you just repeat your mantra over and over. And the idea is to keep the mind busy, uh, focused on one thing so that it's not, uh, going crazy. I don't know if you ever heard of a book called A Course in Miracles, but oh, yeah. I heard this best there. And it says, there is no such thing as idle thought. What gives rise to the perception of a universe could hardly be called idle. And so, you know, every thought is power. It's true. Is a, is a, um, every thought is a manifestation little bubble. And when you just let the mind go crazy, you'll just be manifesting all kinds of craziness. So meditation helps you get calm. It helps you get relaxed. It teaches you how to quiet the mind and the practice of meditation is actually creating the space where what we're looking for to have happen in meditation can happen. Does that make sense?
0: Yes. Can you hear me?
3: Yeah, I can hear you. i was okay. drinking water. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can hear you. Um, <laughs> so. Um, Yeah, contemplation, reflection, focusing. So I've met people who can't sit in the quiet. They have to be doing something, and in the doing of something, they're able to sort of let go of the attachment they have to whatever problem they have, and, you know, and then they feel refreshed. And I've met people who who run, and in their running, they are able to just let go of whatever it was they were thinking about, and then I've met people who just sit quietly, you know. And I just want to say that um, for a long time I thought that the lotus position was a requirement for good meditation.
4: Mm. Like
3: I had to sit with my legs all folded up like a mm-hmm. like a person, you know, and, um, you know, and that would be it. And, you know, you could sit down, you could stand up, you could lay down. My legs don't fold like that. They're all kerflunkles um I you know I'm usually sitting on one of my heels and it's painful so you know there's no like you must sit in that position whatever is comfortable for you is what is where is where you take where you allow yourself to be
0: well that's different because my my mind when I think of meditation is trying to fold my legs sit in that position and then I just turn off cuz I know that's just not going right. to happen
3: Right, right, and that happens to a lot of people, you know. And so, um, so it's important to recognize that that you are creating space. for And I say for whatever you want to have happen in meditation. So maybe you're a writer and you've had writer's block, and you want to sit and just get quiet and have a new idea come to you. Maybe you are looking for enlightenment, which I believe is the end goal of meditation. And so. You want to sit and, like Buddha, sat and got out of the way. And, you know, enlightenment kind of happened. I mean, this is after a long time of sitting. But um, so there's a goal, right? Meditation has a goal. And that goal happens when you create the space for it to happen, but you can't make it happen. Um, So it's important, like, get comfortable, in wherever you're comfortable. I went to Vipassana which they have a place up in uh, Massachusetts. It's a beautiful, beautiful uh, meditative practice. And I don't know all the history about it, but it's like ancient. And so, but in order to to learn this technique, you have to do a 10-day meditation. You have to be there for 10 days. And they basically turn you into a monk. They feed you awesomely, wonderful vegetarian food. They give you a place to sleep and they teach you this practice, and you don't speak. So there's no nonverbal communication. There's no body language with people. Um, you're quiet, and, and, you know, every day you have these sessions where all you do is practice this mindful technique. Um, I forgot why I was talking about pasta but anyway.
0: Are you there? I'm here. You, you were talking oh. about... Meditation and the road to meditating, and how I think what led you to Vipassana was um, you were talking about the sitting position and how that's not a requirement of meditation.
3: Oh, right, right, right. So, right, so, okay. So when you go to when you go to Vipassana, right, it's a huge room. It's beautiful, and uh, they have the cushions, very flat cushions on the floor, and everyone gets their little space. But then they have this uh, closet that has all these cushions pillows and these wooden little chair things, and so, you know, the first two or three days, people are taking three pillows and, you know, they're getting the little wooden things and, you know, it's this whole struggle to get yourself into the right position. And um, and it's it, it's almost crazy, right? And then there comes this point where you just sit however you sit and just let go. And that's mm-hmm. when the process starts to happen for you, right? And that, that's how it happened for me. I, I, I actually... I had this pain in my lower back. So every mm-hmm. cushion, every wooden thing I kept trying to get was to alleviate this pain. Um, I figured, okay, I'm not sitting right. Something's going on until day after day. I'm having this pain. So I finally just said, I just let go. Okay, I'm going to have the pain. I'm going to have the pain. Stop with the cushions. I got them all out of the way. I sat down, and I'm sitting there, and from deepest in my body, this thought came up. And the thought was, I am... Self-supporting, and once that thought came to me, the pain in my back went away. It was really
0: amazing. Mm. I've heard of stories like that when for people who, who've had some kind of um, physical pain and they've learned to channel it into other directions, and they just sort of relieved themselves of it I, I, I never thought that that could really be.
3: Yeah, yeah. When um, when you hear the story of Buddha who sat down by the tree. Vipassana is Buddha's uh, practical sort of guide to meditation. That's you know, so he, what he created, and that's his contribution. So when he sat down, you know, his legs were hurting, and he was like, you know, but he was observing it. He wasn't attacking it. He wasn't attaching to it. He was just observing the pain. And then he started to notice that there's more uh, fine-tuned, his observance got of the pain,
4: it wasn't mm-hmm. his
3: whole leg, it was his knee. It wasn't his whole knee, it was a point in his knee. And then it was a thought, He doesn't, I don't really want to be here. And then once he let that go, the pain started to go away, right? So for some people, that's what it is. They don't want to be there. There's something going on, and so their body is resisting. And if you just let it be, you know, the body will find a place where it's comfortable, and it will, you know, develop the practice to be able to do this.
0: So you were speaking I, about about the um Hippasana. can you spell that?
3: Yeah, it's V is in Victor I P A S S A N A. Okay. And they don't um Vipassana, they don't um <clears throat> they don't ask you for money. Sort of around the eighth day of the meditation, um at each at the end of each meditation day there's a video they show you. And they're pretty interesting. It's pretty light. It's just talking about the Pashna and the practice that you're doing and the history of it. And, but at the eighth day, they say, um, if you feel like you've gotten some benefit from this practice, then you know, and you want to give, then give something. Whatever you give goes to support a space for the next meditator to come. But if you don't feel like you've gotten anything, don't give anything. You know what I mean? Mm. And you give whatever you want. So if you got a dollar, you give a dollar. If you got a hundred dollars, you give a hundred dollars. I mean I was there ten days, you know, I they fed me every day. My my first meditation, I didn't have much money, so I couldn't really give a lot of money. Um and, but you know, no one there's no questions, they don't look, they don't count. You know, you you donate and they don't sell books, you know, there's no racket going on. It's all done by the work of meditators and by the donations that whatever it is you can afford to give. So it takes that money part out of it because a lot of the self-help and spiritual things that are kind of out there, they're they're expensive. And if you don't have the money, you are sort of denied access to some really beneficial things, right?
0: Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, and you're saying the beneficial things?
3: Yeah, so I'm just saying, yeah, so I was waiting for the next question. So, but... Oh. um. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, so the that, next, next, um, the next question I have here on my flow sheet is I wanted to talk about what it has done for you, and you began speaking about the pain in your back. But other than that, let's let's talk a little bit about what meditation has done for you, and then I want to go into why Reiki. But first, I wanted to sort of give everyone an idea of what the meditation is.
3: Yeah. So, um, you know, it's funny because I, I think every I, I don't think there's anyone on the planet, I shouldn't say on the planet, but the majority of people have heard about meditation and they know mm-hmm. what, they they kind of know what it is kind of vaguely or, you know, or they have some information about it. Um and so there's a lot of benefits to meditation. Um you know, it releases um, endorphins or serotonin in the brain That you know it helps you feel good It helps you be calm It helps you to, to relax um, You know When when I'm during the day If I have a, a, a disturbance If I have a problem If I stop If I take a few deep breaths If I close my eyes Then my brain doesn't get all Sort of attached And worked up around the problem And I can kind of Um Develop a new perspective, right? If we connect us spiritually to whatever is our spiritual source, um, and and you know, in in just uh, kind of like the, kind of like off offshoot, I spent the, the last few days uh, absorbed in the whole uh, George Zimmerman trial, right? And you know, you're watching this thing happen and you're listening to what everyone says and like I get this like intense knot in the in the pit of my stomach. And my brain takes over and my brain starts telling me the world's not safe. Oh my God, you know, this is so wrong and and you know, and then I wanna go like, you know, eat donuts or you know what I mean? Like I wanna go do something, you know, and you know, and then I said, Okay, let me stop, let me sit down, um, Turn off the TV, light a candle, light some incense. Just allow myself to breathe. I have some um, like podcasts that I find on the web that I listen to, and it helps me to reconnect to my center, to uh, let go of the anxiety. Um, It's just amazing. Um, Meditation has made such a huge. um, I mean, I still, you know, I still, I'm still like a person. I still have problems. I still have issues, and this is one of the things I learned um, through the Vipassana meditation, and that is that, you know, um, when you meditate and you reach that state of calm and you feel like you've hit nirvana, that, that space, where that consciousness where everything is beautiful, and what you've done is you've connected spiritually to that, to that level, but you've also created a bit of a vacuum, and in this vacuum, you've made space where deeper issues can come to the surface,
2: hmm.
3: right? So that's why sometimes people, when they meditate, or they are engaged in some physical uh, spiritual practice, um, right after that, you know, they'll run into an, an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend or lover, and the ex will say something and they'll start feeling like crap, or they'll overeat, or they'll go drinking, or they'll, they'll do something. Right, and what happens for a lot of people is they start focusing on what's coming up and trying to create a story around it, and then they try to fix it, and then they try to push it away, and then they're engaged in this whole kind of struggle with something that is only coming up in order to move out of the way. You, you understand what I mean? Yes. Yes. So that's why one of the one of the tips. You know, I talk about when you meditate, after you meditate, try not to critique yourself, right? Try not to say, oh, you know what? My butt was hurting and I was moving around. This wasn't a good meditation. Or, like, um, <laughs> um, I couldn't stop my brain from thinking, right? So this wasn't good, right? You don't don't, even don't say it because um, every second that you sit, that you take a breath, every minute is like... Putting um, money in the uh, meditation bank, it all adds up. So you just allow your your session to be whatever your session was for you. And this is how it happened for me. Somebody told me, they said, "Oh no, meditation isn't something you do. Meditation is something that happens to you when you create the space for it." So I, mm. I would sit and I would just let it happen, right? And then one day I'm sitting there. And I look up and I go, I wasn't thinking, (laughs) right? Like, I wasn't thinking. My head had actually shut up. But then, of course, you know, now I'm thinking, right? Because I'm like, oh, wow, I wasn't thinking. It was a (laughs) thought. And then I had to, you know, get back into that space again. But, you know, and that's what happens. Meditation is what happens to you when you create space for it to happen.
0: Okay, um, one of the things that I always do when I'm I'm in these sessions, because I'm in school right now just as much as our listeners are, and let me repeat the telephone number. It's area code 213-943-3618. It's area code 213-943-3618. The chat room is live. You can come in. You can ask your question, make your comment in our chat room and Blog Talk Radio. You can uh, inbox us on Facebook, and you can hit us up on Twitter. Um I like when you said that meditation is not something you do when you create the space, right, and I also like when you said when you finish meditating, especially I guess if you're first learning, um don't beat yourself up afterwards All right. Um, that is something I think we have a tendency to do as people. Because in our minds, meditation has been portrayed through various uh, forms of media as this lotus position, uncomfortable, strenuous, physical thing that we do to acquire a mental state of peace. But for many people, and I know for myself, trying to sit in that position is extremely uncomfortable. And it's such a turn-off that it doesn't go any further than that. And you're saying to to us that you don't have to sit in that space or in that that formation. You can sit however you're comfortable. And I remember one time speaking to you and um, was going over some things that I was going through for that day, and you said to me, well, why don't you just sit for 15 minutes in quiet? And, you know, I wanted to do like the cartoon, spin my head around and go, what did you just say? (laughs) You know, how do you how do you sit <laughs> didn't you hear what I was saying, all of that I'm going through? How do you sit in quiet? And it just seems like as soon as I sit in quiet, a million and ten things came up that I wasn't even thinking about before I sat in quiet. Yeah. So how do you how do you get to the point where you can push those things out of your head and sit in quiet?
3: Right. So the idea is to just let those thoughts come and go. We're not at war with our brain. Our brain is just doing what the brain thinks it's supposed to do, right? It's thinking, and it hasn't been trained not to think. So it's doing what basically it's been trained to do, which is just to let thoughts go crazy. So we just watch them. As they come up, we just watch them, you know. And um, so, and when you, you know, engaging with the, with the mind is, oh, I don't want to think about that. No, no, I can't think about, I can't think about food. Can't think about food. Can't think about food. You know, that's engaging, right? So we just don't do that. If food comes up, okay, fine, let it come up. If people pop up, let them pop up. But you know, um, and and occasionally you'll get lost in it. Like I start thinking about my ex wife, right, of twenty something years ago. And also, i think thinking about what she looked like and her smile. And I'll be like, oh, man, you know, I wish I would have said this. And well, what would happened if I'd have said that? And, <laughs> you know, before I know it, like two minutes went by, right? And then I had to go, okay, 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 come back, come back, come back, come back. Breathe in, breathe out, right? Now, breathing is a good practice because you watch your breath, you watch it come in, feel it go into your lungs, and then you breathe it out, You watch it go out. And it helps you, like, you know how you do it like a kid? The little kids are acting out. And you say, oh, look at this beautiful little toy. Isn't it this cute? And then they stop crying and they're looking at that mm. little toy. That's mm-hmm. how you're working with the mind, right? It's like a little child. And so, you know, you go, okay, breathe. And you make it look at breathing. And now you're just watching your breath. And then, you know, it's, it's gentle, right? So you let the thoughts come. You let the thoughts go. And, and you'll. what will happen is there'll come a point when you'll recognize that you have just spent the last, X amount of minutes not thinking.
0: So it's a natural. It's a natural progression right. to get to that point.
3: Right. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And so you're saying don't don't be at war with your mind. Let the thoughts come. Right. But is there a point when you're you're going too far with letting the thoughts come?
3: Right. And so and that's when you um rein yourself in, right? Um so one like watching your breath is one way to sort of bring yourself back to bring yourself back to the present, right? To be present in your body and just, you know, watch your breath and then your mind gets focused on just watching your breathing and then it calms down again. Another one is a mantra. Uh, I had Ama, so a uh, hugging saint gave gave me a mantra and so, um, you know, I could say my mantra over and over again. But you may have a prayer, like, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. And you just say that, you know, over and over and over again, and then your mind starts to get focused on just that one thing and it comes back.
0: Okay, so you can say a favorite verse in the Bible, a favorite surah in the Quran. A mantra, and that should help you sort of control your thoughts. Because I, when you was talking about your ex-wife, I, I had a thought that when when you sit and you begin to think about the exes or the X factor, whatever that is for you,
3: right? Um, <laughs> sure. You
0: know, that could take you into places that you really don't need to be in, and it will not calm you down. Right,
3: right, exactly, and you know. Most, you know, like when you're thinking, your thinking is either of the past or the present or the, or the future, right? You're thinking about what's going to happen or you're thinking about what happened. And so you pull yourself out of the present. And so you want to bring yourself back to the present. Now, for some people, that process is uncomfortable, right? Maybe they've got some stuff going on. And so the distractions of jumping into the past and the present helps them not be present to the moment right now. But And this is, you know, like this is like hitting a bottom, right? But when you hit bottom, you're forced to be present in the moment, and that's where you'll find the strength to actually get through it, right? In that quiet, in that place of powerlessness, of total helplessness, Of, you know, I've done all I can, I thought all I thought, and then, boom, the silence comes, the space opens up, and the power comes through. Mm. Mm.
0: Well, we're going to go to a commercial break at this time, and when we come back, um, if it's okay with you, I'd like to take that time to talk about Reiki. Uh, What is Reiki? Uh, Why did you choose Reiki in comparison to other forms of meditation?
1: fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you moon 107 is an online retail store featuring women's and men's clothing and the gift shop the woman's shop features stylish tunics, tools and accessories and offers the well-dressed woman an outlet to find the perfect gift for self or for someone else the men's shop and you are tuned into the Keys 107 Network on Blog Talk Radio, opening doors to endless possibilities. The Keys, unlocking the doors to unlimited possibilities.
4: Welcome back to The Keys, with your...
0: Well, we're back. Um, before we went to commercial break, and I just wanted to um, emphasize that this particular show is sponsored by The Fluffs Present the Alphabet, and they're available now on Kindle for $9.95. And also we are co-sponsored today by um, Bleeding Hearts by Michael Flores. And if you are watching our slideshow on the Blog Talk Radio uh website for the keys 107 you'll see the picture of the bleeding hearts it's an amazing postcard picture and it's also in um large sizes i have one on my wall here and it's just the most beautiful picture so i just wanted to make that announcement that those are available at michael at dot and before we go if we can i'd like to talk a little bit about those bleeding hearts yeah <laughs>
3: they're they're available on the website michaelstories.com or um my i have some up there for pictures i i really love the little flower the bleeding heart it's just so beautiful
0: i was so inspired by that picture that i went out and bought a bleeding heart plant but <laughs> um let's go back um to reiki cuz you know michael i'll talk about flowers now um <laughs> uh, let's right. go back to reiki and I, I I, wanted to sort of understand fully just what is Reiki and what was your attraction to it? How did you get, how did you meet Reiki and what is the difference between Reiki and other forms of meditation? And then from there, I want to just look at the question, is meditation really different from prayer? Right. Okay. So you
3: just like, I mean, first off, Reiki isn't meditation. Um, Part of the practice of Reiki involves meditation, but Reiki is a, a, a system. Um, I, you know, I just I was, um, when I, okay. So, when I first heard about Reiki, uh, this was in Hawaii. I researched it a little bit, right? And when you research Reiki, what you hear about is this whole kind of vague, spiritual, kind of New Age. Um, um, like massage, but not really massage, it's putting, it's laying on of hands or something. And so Reiki is a, it's a way of life and it includes a spiritual path of personal living and growth, and it's a way to help others. And so um, the laying on of hands is the um, kind of channeling of the universal life energy into like a, a I want to say a client, right? So, so. I'm, I'm really being a little bit vague about it, but it's a Japanese healing system, and it's incorporated into that as this sort of way of life, uh, how to live a, a life of integrity with prayer and meditation and and healing and helping other people. And so when I do a Reiki session, my teacher, uh, Teyasui uh, Francis, um, she's also a um, polarity therapist. And so she does a combination Reiki polarity therapy. So when I was doing my training with her, um, that's how she taught me. So I bring you to my my Reiki table, lay you down, and I energetically work on your body for about an hour to an hour and about 15 minutes. And um, I do a general sort of around-the-body energy balancing session. Um, and I want to sort of, you know, when you think of the, of the energy of the body, like a, a electric circuit, it, it has a flow to it. And when we're experiencing stress or we have some kind of a, a, a trauma, we cut ourselves, we bump out, we bang something, we're having some kind of a pain, at that point the energy isn't flowing properly. And so Reiki and the polarity therapy helps to, Bridge the circuit to uh, get that energy flowing again, and so when your energy is flowing, you feel you feel happier, you feel healthier, um, you're more you're more relaxed. Um, it's a really amazing um, session. So how I came to Reiki, because I I um, I about eight years ago, actually not even eight years ago, yeah, about eight years ago, I went on a vision quest in um, Mexico, Guadalajara, Mexico. Um, I happened to hear about it through this, this group. I was a uh, this community I was a part of, which is at uh, Friends of Book Park in the South South Bronx, um, and it, it was amazing. They have a, they put up a teepee every now and then, and they have a sweat lodge, and they're 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 out in the Bronx. <laughs> it was just crazy. But um, so through them, I got invited to this Vision Quest. I ha- actually was able to go, and you go on a um, Vision Quest. You know, it's a much deeper Native American practice. Um, But from a Western point of view, you know, you go and you sit for four days and four nights and you meditate and pray and you fast, no food, no water, and you pray for a vision for your life. And so that's what I did. I sat up on a mountain, I fasted, and I prayed, and I kind of walked around in circles and I sat there and I slept and I got up and I meditated. And right around the Ending on the fourth day, I was told three things. One is to become a Reiki master, which really surprised me because I really wasn't interested in Reiki or even thinking about Reiki at that time. Mm. The other was to make an amends to, I don't know if you remember Jules, the guy who uh, had the store around the corner on Marion mm-hmm. Street.
0: Used to have uh, to make an amends,
3: Yeah, they had the watermelon truck, yeah, to make an amends to Jules. Um, and the other was I was given a mantra that I could give away to others. And so um, so when I came back from to America, from Mexico, um, I researched Reiki. And I kind of, you know, Reiki has kind of a, uh, it's not like a massage therapist. So you go to massage school and, and you, you know, work people's muscles. It's a very different energy. And so it's associated a lot with new age kind of things. Um, so I was kind of hesitant about it and I put that off for a long time. I did go looking for Jules and interestingly enough, um, Jules Watermelon truck was my first job ever. And while working on his truck, uh, me and Kevin, one of my friends when I was a little kid, um, we took some of the money to go we I think we were we took some of the money to go buy soda or candy or something. And um I think we did this like twice. And when Jules came to, to pick me up and was counting the money, he's like, you know, Mike, you're short. I didn't think he would notice but you know, you got a truck full of watermelons. You know how much you're supposed to have. They're all watermelons. But Jules was a pretty smart guy. <laughs> so he knew how much money he was supposed to have. <laughs> so he fired me, you know. And that was the first job I ever got fired from. And I never went back to make an amends to say, you know, hey, I'm sorry about that or anything. I just kind of left. And so, um, so I went looking and I actually found Jules, um, and I went to his store, scared the crap out of him because he had, hadn't seen me since I was a little kid, and here this guy comes in, you know, he's like, what, what, is, what do you want? <laughs> well, then when I told him who I was, he goes, oh, Rafika's brother.
0: Oh, my God. Uh, like, yeah, he,
3: <laughs> yeah, he remembered you, <laughs> and so, so I said, you know, Jules, you, you, um, you, you fired me from the watermelon truck. He goes, yeah, yeah, I remember. And I said, if I came because I wanted to um, pay you back the money I took. Uh, and I kind of explained I wanted a decision quest, but, you know, he didn't really, that wasn't registered. But I was able to make that amends, that financial amends. So um, mm-hmm. so I did that. So that's kind of how I got involved with Reiki. And then I met Uh, uh I actually knew her through AMA, uh, the woman who hugs people. And We're talking about Reiki, and it turns out she's a Reiki master. She said, "Well, I can take you through the training and give you the attunement." And, um, and in doing the training and getting the attunement, that's when I understood the power of Reiki. Um, so it's a healing. Um, it's like a. It's kind of like a, like a laying on of hands healing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so that's, that's why I chose Reiki.
0: But now you said that when you when you have when you do the Reiki sessions, you the person lays down and you you massage. It's it's like a it's not a massage therapy, but you 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 go through the the parts of their body. Can you explain that?
3: Right, right. So like I'll put my hands around their head, their face, um, their forehead, their heart, their throat chakra. Um, I move to the feet. Um, the feet are very important the energy work. And I work on the feet and I create um I create kind of a complete circuit. Um, you know, and it's 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 systematic. So I'll go like with the knee to the ankle, with from the ankle to the foot and then the top of the feet, and then I kind of massage the feet a little bit because you're standing on your feet and they get tense and crampy and and I wanna sort of remove any blocks to so that energy flowing. Then I come to the um the next leg, I work my way up that side to the arms to the hands to the uh just the point just below the belly buttons, so I connect that to the heart and you know and, I, and it's just really with Reiki, what you do is you hold your hands on on the body and there's a there's a certain feeling a certain pulse that I'm looking for when I know that that point has been is calm and the energy's mm. flowing, and so that's what I'm looking for. Um, and I'll so my hands will stay there for two minutes, three minutes, four minutes in that spot until I till I feel that and then I move on to the next spot. And I do that all the way around. Uh the whole the whole body and then I flip you over and work on your back, uh the back of your legs, you know, you know, and bring you back.
0: But what does it feel like when you when you feel it? And does and does the person that you're performing the Reiki on feel it too? Yeah,
3: um, I, you know, for different people, the feelings that they have, it's very different. Some people lay there and they feel the warmth, the heat from my hands going into the points that my hands are making contact. And they're able to sort of bring their attention and focus to that point. And so it, it kind of brings them more present in their body, more connected to their bodies. Um, some people actually fall asleep, you know, for a few minutes. While I'm working on them But they're so They're just so relaxed um, And for some people It's like a meditation Right um, so They usually have A little light music Meditation Reiki music playing And they just They're able to Totally let go And um, just really Be in their body Be in a safe space That's like I call my My sacred space reiki Because I create A sacred space Where you're safe To kind of feel Your feelings And pass them And allow yourself To be in your body And um so yeah, it's a really nice um I wanna say it's a beautiful feeling, but it, it's more than that, you know. Um when I had my session, um I, I felt this, this energy flowing into me. Um it's just amazing.
0: So as as I'm listening to you talk about the chakras and you said that the, the, the area below the belly button is connected to the heart.
4: Well, what that's training- how I
0: connect it. Oh, that's how you connect it. so, but what training does a Reiki master need to undergo to get that title and to be able to perform that service
3: um well, you generally um there's three levels to um to Reiki training, and the first level you're taught is a symbol that goes at the first level you're taught what you're taught that symbol what that symbol means how to draw the symbol um you're taught about physical healing and how to how to the, the first level is physical healing. So there's a book um, um, which is called the original Reiki handbook by Mikao Usui. Um, so I use that book, and it and uh, the guy who originally developed Reiki was a Japanese. Um, it says he's a Buddhist monk um, who developed this system, and so this and it's, there's different ailments. There's different parts of the body that goes with with each ailment And you just practice You know, you practice with people um, Put your hands on those particular points And then with the polarity therapy, It's, it's seeing the body energy as an energy um, circuit Like an electro- like electric circuit So I'm um, just bridging gaps between negative and positive, right? Just bridging gaps So making connections um, just to get the energy flowing um, and there's lots of information about polarity therapy, there's charts, there's body charts of where to put the hand, for sort of different things, you know what I mean? Vision, mm-hmm. if, if you have cramps, if you have, um, you know, different ailments, there's different ways to, to kind of work on it. Uh, so it's, a, it's you know, it's uh, when they talk about Reiki energy, they talk about this universal life force energy, like God energy. So on the one hand, that's available to everybody, right? You could practice Reiki right now with Sabat. You know, you just place your hands on it on his back and just allow yourself to relax and breathe and you'll start feeling the heat um around your hands and you could you know, you could do that right now. You know what I mean? If you don't so for, at a certain level you don't need special training to mm-hmm. um to to do this sort of kind of Reiki, right? Now, the attunement, that's what you get from your Reiki master. It's really hard to explain that, but there's, like, a process that you go through where the Reiki master, like, inserts the symbol into your energy. And you become attuned. Like, so for level one, you get the first symbol implanted, and level two, you get a second attunement, and then level three. So level two is emotional healing, um, and level... Three is healing and teaching, but it's healing on a spiritual level. Um, so there's distance reiki. I could, I have a picture of somebody or a vision of somebody, and I could sit and I just visualize them, and then I can send reiki to them, which is what I do with family or if someone. If someone says they're sick or something. I just send reiki to them, um, and then so generally reiki master takes a long time. Um, a lot of it is practice, 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 mhm. I'm very into symbols, you know, but you gotta get the attunement, and um, it's a process um it can be expensive my my teacher was like, um you know she worked one on one with me, you know we, we had our sessions, and so it was, it was it was like I was able to sort of afford it and pay for it and, and go through it, and now mm-hmm. it's just practice, right mm-hmm. now, like I don't have technical points now it's just practice,
0: mhm. Now, did you get some sort of certification? Um, so, like, if you wanted to go to a Reiki master, you should ask them, do you have your certification? Have you been through the attunement?
3: Yeah, yeah there's a Reiki master, like, certificate that you get. And uh, and then you can join, like, Reiki master organizations, you know what I mean? Professional organizations. Um, so, but yeah, I have my certificate. Um
0: now, when you finish a Reiki session, you, as the Reiki master performing this this hands-on attunement or session with with the stranger, what yeah, you take well, out a of session, that person right. A session, right? What what you take out of that 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 person, does that stay with you?
3: Um, <laughs> I keep a bucket of fire right next <laughs> to me. <laughs> you burn, I it. burn the demon. <laughs> 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 well, it's you bring up an interesting point because this is true in just about everything, right? We're always transferring energy, you know, with each other, right? That's why like in hospitals they wear white because white reflects, right? So when you wear white, you're reflecting and you're not absorbing energy. So I wear white Um, It's not totally necessary, but it helps to kind of reflect energy that they have. I pray, I meditate. When I'm done with a session, I take time to kind of just sit and be quiet. I like to take a bath, like to sit in water, because water is very grounding. Mm -hmm. But, you know, different people have different, you know, different things that they do. They may just make the symbols, seal the session, you know, shake it off, and go about their business. You know what I mean?
4: mm-hmm. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, but in all things, you know, if you're dealing with the public, you're picking up energy all over the place. And so this is another reason why meditation is so important, because it helps you get grounded back to yourself, and it helps you be clear about what you're feeling. A lot of times we're picking up stuff, and we're having these experiences, and what we're picking up has nothing to do with our life, right? Right. It, it, we, we picked up some, some crazy energy out there And so when we sit A lot of that chatter We're able to meditate We get centered We get focused And, you know, a lot of that stuff just goes away Dark colors absorb So I love some dark colors But when we wear dark colors in crowded places We're just sucking up whatever's it was out there
0: mm. Zool
3: uh, Yeah, light colors reflect Right? Mm-hmm. So that's a, You know, we didn't get to... Um, the tips for for meditation, mm-hmm. but like um, so, I'll just go through them real quick. Like one is watch your thoughts. We talked about just watch them, let them come, let them go. The other one is to try to sit in the same spot as close to the same time as possible, because you build up energy in that spot. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you come back to it, and you, your body sort of knows, oh, this is my meditation spot, and it's and it sort of is prepared to get into meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is uh, try not to eat a full meal before meditating. When you're full, it pulls your attention to your stomach. So eat light or, you know, wait till after you meditate. Um, the other thing is sit comfortably. And like I said, you know, you don't have to have the lotus position down pat. Sit however you want. Wear loose clothing. You know, and I've had uh, jeans that were so tight when I sat, I couldn't breathe. And so it's hard to focus because I just can't breathe, right?
4: Mm-hmm. And
3: um, when you can, meditate with others, right? It's good to get into a group, um, to have that energy sort of connect to your energy and support your practice. It could be a church, temple, ashram, mosque, you know, once a month, once a week. Um, and then after meditation, don't critique, right? Share with each other for a short time, but don't critique your, your, your practice. Um, and then just practice, you know, practice, practice, practice. Okay.
0: So I wanted to talk about, um before we close, um, is meditation so much different from prayer? And if it is, what is it? How is it different? And um, if it's not, why? And I just want to let you know that um, Kofunya Ife is in the chat room, and um, she says, that she's a Reiki, too, and she uses crystals as well, and she starts off by saying, hailing all light being. So greetings to Kofunya.
3: Yeah, greetings. I love her Facebook posts.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Kofunya is the child of the light.
3: Yeah. So uh, the way that it was um, explained to me, and it was put very simply, um, meditation is listening, and prayer is speaking. So, from mm. a spiritual perspective, when you meditate, you're listening for the voice of God or Buddha or whatever the higher power you believe in. And when you pray, you're speaking to that power. That's when you're asking for something or saying thank you for something. So, they're very different, right? One is listening and one is speaking.
0: Okay. So just want to review those um, seven points that you hit. One, is watch, to watch, your thoughts. watch your thoughts. I wrote something that I can't figure out what it is. So watch your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two, 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 sit in the same spot at the same time to help build your energy. Three is uh, right. don't eat. A full meal, um, eat lightly. If you eat heavy, wait until you're, you've digested and your, your stomach is um, somewhat settled, right? Um, the fourth right. one is sit comfortably. You don't have to sit in the lotus position. I'm putting a devilish star next to that one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, wear loose clothing, that's number five. And number six is um, meditate with others, support each other's practice and build on each other's energy. And the seventh point is um, don't critique um, and practice, practice, practice.
3: Right. Yeah. Now, practice, practice, so you know. yeah. Go ahead
0: We have a few a few more minutes and I wanted to to um talk about Ama, the um the hug the hugging person. Yeah, I
3: missed her this year, Ama. Oh. Yeah. She came just recently.
0: Um, I was gonna ask you when is she coming? <laughs> <Where's>
3: she coming? <laughs> I know. <laughs> It's the first year in, um, I think, nine years. Um, but um, so usually it's around July or August, and uh, usually I find out like a couple of weeks before she shows up. Um, this year I wasn't doing any service, so I didn't I didn't hear anything. Hmm. Uh, but when she comes, she comes to the Jacob Javits Center now. I mean, I heard a couple of weeks before, uh, but not about service. Um, I didn't hear anything, so I didn't want to continue doing... I was doing the, uh, this uh, bookstore, uh, favor, Um and I wanted to kind of change from being security to doing something else. Um, so, uh, yeah, so when I first met Ama, um, I was uh, sitting having a coffee at Park Slope, And some woman sitting on a bench next to me said, hey, you know, that Hugging Saint is in town. I never heard of her. And I said, who's that? And she goes, "Oh, she's a Hugging Saint. She hugs people. I said, oh, okay. That's awesome. So about two days later, I was in a different location. And somebody I was talking to said, hey, you know, that Hugging Saint is in town. And I thought, (laughs) oh, my God, that's two different people, right? So... I got on the subway. Actually, it was, it was, they were very close together, but two different people two different places. And I went down to, she was at the Manhattan Center. I got there too late to get a hug, but I was able to stay and sort of meditate and be in the presence of all this energy. And um, and I was just blown away. Um, I came back the next morning early, got my ticket, got my you know first in line with a, bunch, a few people to, to get a hug. And I stayed the whole day just helping out um and um you know even if you don't believe in the magic power of ama to see this woman sit there all day and just hug people Mm. all kinds of people right ugly people beautiful people big people skinny people sick people old people well people Hindu people, white people, black people, Asian people, Latino, you know, everybody. She's just hugging away, (laughs) you know. No complaint, no, you know, and, you know, and you watch her and, you know, and you just can't, you can't ever be inspired to want to give, to want to do something. And then you turn and you see all the people that are showing up and you're, you know, I mean, I, I was moved. Um, So I showed up every year, and whenever, you know, showed up and spent three days just volunteering, doing whatever I could to be part of AMA and also to be part of People's Hugs. You know, it's it's a whole magical, spiritual thing that happened in that moment uh, with AMA.
0: Where is she from?
3: Uh, She's from India. Um, She's from a little... Some village somewhere in India um, and apparently um when she oh when she was um when she was a little girl um, she i think hugged some people and they felt this magical um, some energy from her, and it was very unusual for females to be hugging males and people. And people started showing up from other villages and all around to see Amma. And so little miracles started happening. And it just grew into this amazing movement where Ama goes around the world and hugs people. She does a lot of charity work, um, you know, like a lot of what she does. Um, uh, so you could get a hug from her. Like, she's not asking you for any money. You know, you could stay there for the three days and meditate and you know, in the beauty of it all, uh, there's donation spots if you want to give money. For example, um, I think it's still in practice in certain parts of India, but when a husband dies or something like that and the wife is left alone, usually she's thrown out on the streets, She's, like, ostracized, right?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And so Ama builds houses and takes care of these women. That's a part of what her charities do. Um, mm-hmm. She helps with Hurricane Katrina. She sent like a couple million dollars over there. Um, you know, she so she's she's not just sitting around hugging people, but the hug is part of the beauty of of Ama, right? There's a lot of work that her organization does um, around the world and in India.
0: So you said that you go and you and you do service. What what is the service you do?
3: You could do um, like help cook food, help. Uh, serve food. You can help clean the kitchen. You can, uh, They have like water jugs. You can get water. You can be the water person. Um, you can help people get seated. I was doing bookstore security. So they have, uh, i jewelry and they have some clothing stuff that they sell and it gets intensely busy around these, these tables and so they need people to kind of keep a watch so people don't accidentally or intentionally walk away with stuff, right? Mm -hmm. so I would get volunteers to just kind of stand there and keep an eye on stuff. Uh, But I did it at night, so I would be there from, like, 5 till 2 or 3 in the morning with the bookstore closed, trying to get people to do service.
0: Wow. And you've done that for nine years?
3: Yeah, eight or nine years, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Michael, one of the things that I want to sort of leave our listeners with today is that – through all of the conversations today about meditation, um, and you made, it, you, you made the distinction between meditation meditation, and prayer, and you said meditation is listening to the voice and prayer is speaking to that, to that power, to that voice. And I noticed that in, when I would ask you, well, how did you get involved with this and how would you get involved with that, you've always said that, that someone spoke it to you or you heard it. So it seems like you're at the point where you could hear the voice.
3: Um, I I see dead people. (laughs) (laughs) So um, yeah, you know, you know, there's a there's a saying in this uh, program that says uh, we will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. Right, and we're all we all have this intuitive voice within us, most of us aren't taught how to develop that as children, so when we're in some chaotic dysfunctional home is poverty mm-hmm. or alcohol or drugs or whatever you know something's going on, and the kids aren't really um they're not really told the truth, and they're not really told to trust themselves right? I mean, there's a whole pathology that goes with this, but I don't want to go, we're going to have time to get into it all. So we so, so we grow up and we grow up not learning how to listen to ourselves, which is probably what we did when we were cave people, right? We kind of knew when to get up and when to go looking for meat and when we had enough and when the crop, you know, this crop was growing, we, you know, we had an intuitive sense of things. So, um, so, we all have that voice, so part of meditation, the practice of meditation is learning how to develop that voice and how to listen to that voice and the way to do it, and this is part of what Vipassana is all about mindfulness meditation you focus on your body and you just you become aware of everything that's happening in your body. you don't react to it, you just observe it um and that's how you begin to develop and train that intuitive voice. So we all have intuition, you know. Um, some of us focus on it, like, psychically, and some of us just do this in our day-to-day life. So that's part of listening to that voice. But when I was speaking of um, I Heard It, I, you know, I a lot of what I learned and a lot of the turns the I've taken in life happened. Um, as a result of connecting to another person, right? Mm. For example, when I started going to college, in Windward Community College in Hawaii, I had an English teacher. I forgot her name, but uh, one day we come into English class and uh, she has uh, uh, this word, namaste, written on the board. And she's all happy and she starts talking to us about meditation and about her practice and her guru. And I'd never heard these things before. I never saw namaste before. But something about that word touched something in my heart. And so I asked her afterwards, well, what is your practice? Could you take me there? So she said, yeah. So, you know, I think a couple of days later, she picked me up, and she drove me to Guru Maya's ashram in Hawaii. And um, I haven't really followed Guru Maya, but she was really big in, like, the 80s. Um, and that's where I, I would go uh, once a week for about a couple of years. Um so my English teacher connected me to Guru Maya, and Guru Maya sort of taught me some more things about meditation. So I learned things like a lot of things that way. Um, one day I was at uh, uh, the Hare Krishnas in Hawaii. You see them a lot on Kalakaua Avenue, and they were giving out cookies. And um, and so one of them, or somebody had told me that all religion was nothing more and God worshipping itself. And I had never really had that concept before. And so they had this um birthday celebration for their for their, for one of their gods, right? So they invited people and I was a little nervous they were gonna try to convert me, shave my head or something. But they had like they were feeding people, they were dancing. It was really beautiful. And sitting there and watching these people dance and share and just in their joy I really understood that saying about, you know, there are these pieces of God worshiping itself. So, this is how, you know, like, like I don't know if you ever heard of the Celestine Prophecy. Yeah. It was a book that, that came out in like the ni- early 90s. Um, anyway, one of the things it talked about was the coincidences and how one coincidence, when, um, when we acknowledge what's beautiful, the coincidences that happen in our life. Become fine-tuned, and they lead us to the next step, and the next step. Um, so my vision quest—it was uh, an opportunity that came totally out of the blue. It was, a, you know, an email from people who were connected to the community, but I hadn't really met these people. I happened to get on the email list, and they sent me a letter, uh, an email, an invitation. I was able—I had the money—I was able to go. And then, you know, I went, and then I hear be a uh, Reiki master. And then, you know, a little while later, I'm at Alma's, I'm talking to Frances, and we're talking about stuff, and I share with her about my vision quest and Reiki. She said, oh, I'm a Reiki master. Hey, I totally agree with what you're saying. I could train you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. So um, one thing led, led to the next. Um, through Through our conversations with people, so... I believe that that God talks to us individually and God talks to us through other people. And having that other people connection is important because sometimes what God tells us or what we think God is telling us may not really be God. You know what I mean? Mm.
4: Like Mm.
3: spend the rent money on on lotto tickets, you know. Mm -hmm. God says I'm going to win. If if Mm I call somebody and I talk to them, it might be like, uh, yeah, well, you know, I don't think that's God, you know. So I did, um, yeah, I was talking, oh, in um, some different aspects of meditation practices, uh, which is kind of the point that you brought up for me. You know, one is Vipassana. That was a, um, a teaching place where you go and you learn a technique. The other is to get a meditation teacher, learn about it through books and reading, um, guided meditations. I use those sometimes. They're podcasts. You can get free on iTunes. Um, some mornings I wake up and I listen to my, my pot, my, my meditate, you know, relax your legs, relax your arms. Um, and then some days I sit in silence and there's moving meditations. They can be covered by like, way, a whole lot of stuff. <laughs>
0: We did, but that's what we do here. We open doors to endless possibilities on the Keys 107 network. And and today we were focusing on the mental and emotional and spiritual key, and that and we we thought that talking about meditation would be a great way to help people get their lives together. And um, hang on, we're going to go to a very quick break. Uh wanted to play the song Long Road to Freedom performed by the Africa Umoja cast that's uh, performing live tonight in Atlanta, Georgia at the Civic uh, the Civic Center. And um this is their tribute to Nelson Mandela and when it's live on stage is to a video montage talking about Mandela from his time of arrest to his time of imprisonment to the time he was released. So let's take a moment and listen to this and we'll come back and wrap right up. Long
4: okay. road to freedom. Long- the world.
0: Freedom is amazing. And um, I will be at the Washington, D.C. show, which is coming up around July 30th, um, where we will give another uh, celebration and treat, or I should say acknowledgement and tribute to Nelson Mandela. When we celebrate Nelson Mandela Day in performance, um, they will be performing in North Carolina on July 25th. That is Mandela Day. And you are asked to spend 67 minutes of your time doing some kind of public service reflective of his 67 years of fighting for freedom. Nelson Mandela. Happy birthday, Nelson Mandela. Well, Reiki, Michael, the Reiki master, I just want to say thank you again for sharing your wisdom and your journey to meditation and helping us to understand some some very fine points about meditation and giving us those seven tips. And I just want to give you the last uh, word. Um, your mic is live.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I mean, thanks for having me. It was uh, pretty interesting. I, I never think I have as much to say as I have to say once I open my mouth and say it. <laughs> so... <laughs> If you can follow that, Uh, so yeah, you know, a a guy asked me today um, something about um, self. You know, there's a there's a level of self awareness um, where um, I I don't know how to put this into how to really articulate this, but um, meditation has, has given me the space to be aware of myself and to stop myself. At certain times, from acting certain ways,
2: hmm.
3: and so know, that kind of uh, which is which is a, a function, I believe, of maturity. Right? When you're kids, you're just you're wild. You're expected to run around crazy, and then as we mature, it's supposed to have some self reflection, some some consideration of what we're going to be doing. So, it's made a tremendous um, difference in my life, and you know, and it's given me a sense. At you know of safety and security in the world much more than I had before I started meditating, um, so it's a valuable practice, you know, but it doesn't have to you have to constantly think about all those serious things. Um, but if more people in the world stopped to meditate, the world would be a more peaceful place. Mm. Um, you know, we would still have conflict but we would be able to resolve our conflict in very different ways. When you're not centered, when you're erratic, when you're full of fear, when your brain is full of chatter, then you are liable to do crazy things, like follow teenagers and shoot them. You know what I Mm. mean? Where if you were at peace, if you Mm. were centered, the decisions that you make would be very different. Uh, but that you know, so part of that is the self, really, um, you know, knowing how to intuitively regulate the self. You know what I mean? Wow. So, um, so you know, that the, the whole idea of um, of meditate, you know, meditate your way to a better day um, is is powerful, and it's just what it says: meditate your way to a better day. Become at peace with yourself. Um, a, um, the last thing I'll, I'll, I'll end with is this quote from The Course in Miracles, and, um, and it's kind of a meditative quote, and it's one that I used to listen to on a take. Um, and it says, Be still and lay aside all thoughts of what you are and what God is, all concepts you have learned about the world, all images you hold about yourself, Empty your mind of everything it thinks is either true or false or good or bad, of every thought it judges worthy, and all the ideas of which it is ashamed. Hold on to nothing. Do not bring with you one thought the path has taught, nor one belief you ever learned from anything. Forget this world, forget this course, and come with wholly empty hands unto your God.
4: Hmm.
3: And that's the emptiness that we get from meditation, to just let go of everything, and to hmm. be present to that divine within and without.
0: Well, so Michael, you make it seem um, so easy, and I hope that we have, we have helped some people clarify in their minds what meditation is, and how they can apply it to their life. And I like the um, advice you gave me a long time ago. You know, take 15 minutes out your day and just sit and try to be at peace. And I want to take a moment um, as we close and thank uh, my co-producer, Brother James. I'd like to thank the Keys 107 Network family for always supporting and tuning in. I'd like to um, thank Gramps Morgan and Ernie J. Smith for allowing us to use their music. And um, in closing, I want to give a special thank you to Ernest Kelly and Joe Theron, um, the executive producers of, of Africa Omoja, The Spirit of Togetherness, and for allowing us to play that beautiful song, a Tribute to Nelson Mandela, Long Road to Freedom. And we're going to close right now um, telling you that you can hit us up on Twitter at, at The Keys 107. You can uh, find us on Facebook um, at in our Facebook group. Facebook group, The Keys 107 Group, and um, you can send us suggestions on topics and, and guests that you would like to hear and things that you would like to have addressed. Uh, we are here to service you. Send to suggestions at The Keys 107. And last but not least, go to our website, meet our hosts, find out about each show, TheKeys107Network.com. That's wwwthekeys 107 networkcom I am your host, Rafika, and um, we are closing out with Reiki Master, and we're closing out with our Ernie J. Smith, I believe. Good night. See you Thursday at 6 o'clock. Good night. I
5: believe. That we love. I believe there's a dream we can share to have peace in our times, but it starts in our hearts. Love is what we all need. Love is what we're praying for. Yeah. And God is watching over us. When we say these words oh, oh, oh. We will win Though we fall Love will give us strength And make us carry on I believe that the wars that We now fight Will one day be over We'll live in fear. Yeah, I believe that we'll all Sing one song, love will be our lead And we'll march to freedom Love is what we all need Love is what we're praying for Yeah, yeah And God is watching over us To release salvation when we say Sing the West, I Friends that make us care